It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for March the 14th, or as I like to call it, social distancing at its finest. Radio is safe. It's a wonderful place to be at this point. What a weird, strange world we're living in at this point, particularly in the sports department, but I guess across society. It has been just a bizarre week, and we're going to break it all down with the man, the myth, the legend, the Hall of Famer himself, Steve Luton, who is in studio with me today, but six feet away because those are the new prescribed rules of all society at this particular point. We're going to talk a lot about things that are going on in the sports world and things that are not. But before we get there, we've got to break down what might have been the last night of sports that we may have, not just for weeks, but for months, if you kind of look at sort of the models that have come out of China and Italy with this virus and sort of how it is sidetracked and derailed society's normalcy. So last night we did have a state semifinal game down in Springfield, Missouri. The Monroe City Panthers playing in the Final Four for the first time in 25 years. Man, Brock Idris's team acquitted itself incredibly well last night against the powerhouse Charleston team in the Class 3 semifinals, losing 51-49 to to Charleston. It was a game where Monroe City actually led by two at the half, never really lost contact in that game until the fourth quarter when the six-foot six kid in the middle who was just an absolute monster for Charleston finally got out of foul trouble got some chance to operate and the referees kind of started calling that game liberally so he could operate Monroe City obviously without that kind of size had no answer but again what a season for the Panthers what a job last night Joshua Tolton the outstanding sophomore had 16 points was huge in it Monroe City finishes the year 28 and 3 wonderful run for Brock Idris's crew again and you know I don't think it's going to be any surprise when we do the basketball award show that you know if we give you any other answer than that Brock Idris was your coach of the year, you probably should look at me sideways. So that, that's probably coming very soon and well-deserved, not only to Brock, but to the incredible folks at Monroe City. And, and what a year and all the things that they've been through, I think that makes it even sweeter and more poignant with what Monroe City was able to accomplish. Also last night, Macon Falls on the girls' side in the Class 3 quarterfinals in a game played at 11 o'clock to a very good licking team. 43-33 was your final. We talked about outstanding sophomores, man, Lexi Miller. She's probably going to be your Clarence Cannon Conference Player of the Year the next two years running. She had 10 yesterday, was unstoppable against a licking defense that is, you know, known to be incredibly stingy. And that's about it for sports. We did have Culver Stockton playing a pair of baseball games yesterday, uh, getting swept by Mount Mercy. Those scores were 8-4 to four and 9 to three. By the way, the son of Brad Lowhouse, uh, former Iowa star, former NBA guy, pitched against Culver Stockton in the first of those two games, so kind of an interesting sidebar there. And that's it for scores. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we return, we're going to talk about the week that was an incredibly historic week in sports with Mr. Steve Luton. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. And welcome back to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket. As is our tradition, this is our last show because the sports season is over. Basketball season ended last night. We bring in the legendary Mr. Steve Luton to help us break it all down. And when we when we started with this, I didn't think we'd be talking about history, Steve. I thought we'd be talking maybe about, you know, Monroe City or yeah. basketball or the IHSA. But we've seen something that we haven't seen very often around here, uh, uh, an almost complete uh, seizure of the sports environment, of the culture. And 
I think back, I know, I think you were out of television during uh, 9-11, and I wasn't yes. here during the flood. I mean, it's such a weird vibe. What did you make of all this, first of all, uh, from the outside? And what do you remember about sort of some of those weirder times in sports in the Tri-States? Well, I got out of uh, the, uh, the TV business a month before 9-11. Oh, wow. Okay, so I, when that happened and I was not in the newsroom, I really had, uh, I felt like I needed to be back. Uh, because, you know, in, when the flood was around in 93, uh, in the daytimes, I would often grab a camera and, and go shoot something somewhere because th- there were stories up and down the river everywhere. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, you know, from Weaver, Iowa, uh, I, I, I was at the Hannibal Bridge the day before it shut down. Uh, you know, people then knew that, that when the West Quincy situation occurred, I was one of the cameras that got across. I was in the last van that got across the bridge. Uh, so when all that was breaking loose over there, I was over there with a the camera and interviewing people. And uh, I, I did not do the interview. Uh, I was doing all the other interviews, but but the interview with with Jeff Scott, Michelle, and uh, Michelle handled that live. Um, but uh, you know, you just kind of the story. If you know you're not going to have hardly any sports, which which because of the situation, I, I didn't have hardly any sports to cover because everything was news coverage. Um, you just grab a camera and you you use your skills to to help what's going on, and uh, you know and when when um, uh, Al Gore came down the river on the riverboat, uh, I was the camera that got that got on the boat and followed him from Canton all the way to Hannibal, uh, partly because you know we we can move and get around and handle a camera in in non normal situations. You know, I used to always tease the news people that they would come with a tripod and set up a camera and talk and, and film one guy talking, and we're we're following baseballs and golf balls and you know and running up and down the field. And all. So so we're actually more equipped to do some things than than some of the others. Uh, you know, so you you just use your talents for the betterment of of the station, and and I I actually I liked that. You know, I, when I was in college at Kirksville, uh, you know, I started off. Cover, doing news stories and things first, and and so that was I, I, that was a great fun to be able to, on on a few occasions to do that. At the outset of this, obviously, what's happening now with the coronavirus, <clears throat> you don't think about it, but this too shall pass. But you had touched on that. I mean, the different things that we do are kind of the things that last and leave indelible memories. And I I, I remember the same thing. I you know I enjoy going out when there's severe weather and kind of chasing right. tornadoes. And I right. finally got to see one last year. Um, you know, it, it's sort of that thing. So what is the thought when you're sitting at home, though, and you, you can't do that now? Is there some part of you that wishes that you could pick up a camera and, you know, some small part of you that, that never leaves you? Well, no, it's not gone yet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been 20 years almost um, because you, you you still want to get the shot. And that's the one thing that, that you and I have talked about before. You you know, I, I used to not talk an awful lot when I was at a ball game because I'm looking – at what's happening and where's it's happening where where do i think the play is going to end up so i want to be there to get the shot um you know i used to do lots of highlight tapes for teams around here and uh, one night i was putting together a highlight tape and it, it was about three in the morning and i started smelling this this funny smell and that was the night the jc penny building oh, up wow. the street up here burnt and at you know 2 30 or whatever in the morning i'm out shooting the fire and and then that same year, uh, I think the same year, was the flood. And, and so as we did that year, as we did the uh, 
uh, year in review for the you know all news and all sports and everything. I think the 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 promo clip of that show was had thirteen different shots in it. I had shot nine of them. Oh wow! You know because I I'd hit the big news stories as well as as the sports stories and um, so from a from a journalist standpoint, you you want to help get that story and you like to tell stories. So if if things pop up locally here and you need to go, you'll you'll find the same drive to to ask that question and it gets that uh, amazing answer. As a fan, as somebody who loves sports, as somebody who, you know, can't wait for baseball season to start, um, sort of what's been the sobering realization that that may not be happening this summer for you? Uh, I had to, last night I had to cancel my fantasy baseball auction, which was supposed to be next week, because CBS recommended uh, that, that you delay everything. You don't have your draft. And I saw that. And so, you know, so that, I mean, in the last two or three days, you find out there's not going to be baseball. There's no NCAA tournament. The Masters has been canceled. Uh, I don't get to do fantasy base. I mean, all that happened in a two-day period, and it's like, oh, my gosh. My wife started with, hey, you want to clean the garage? Well, the answer was no, I did not want to clean the garage. But I don't know that I have anything better to do. Again, with with sort of the lack of normalcy with what's going on right now, people always react and recalibrate. But I think the responses have been really interesting, particularly from social media. And obviously, if you have Twitter or you have Facebook, there's an awful lot of undiscovered stand-up comedians in the world that are out there. But I, I do think that we are... I think people are finally starting to get some of the gravity of this. Is that the sense you get, Steve, that this is a unique situation? And maybe despite the fact that we're sort of entitled as Americans, that we, we, we get what we want, Amazon delivers anything we want, anytime we want, right to the house in a day, are, are we starting to really kind of pull back and see that there are things in this world that we can't stop and we're powerless against as a society? Well, I, I think so, because we don't know, as, as of this moment, uh, we don't know Hey, in in, in uh, ten days, are they going to say, okay, things are are progressing? We can go ahead and start anticipating that uh, there will be uh, the NCAA baseball will will wrap up a season. That uh, the Masters is going to reschedule for September. You know, the, the, we may we hope that we see the end, but right now today we don't see the end. I mean, this feels more to me that the, the when the uh, the flood occurred and nine one one occurred. An event triggered this kind of a feeling in the sports world. Back in 1984, when you were just a pup, uh, I was the sports director up here at Channel 7, and I remember uh, I needed to fill the time, Baseball, the baseball strike hit. Right. And just one day it was there, the next day it was gone. And, and so I actually, when I was a kid, I developed like a board game and, and used to have – regular at bats, I'd roll dice, and what happened with the dice triggered a single, double, triple, home run, walk, strikeout, whatever. And I would actually, as a kid, draw up the box score, make out my lineup card, roll the dice, and complete the game, and do stats. I did that on the air twice. (laughs) Well, if you need filler, and I may need filler, I may be calling you. I, I actually took Thursday night off, Steve, because the Sacramento Kings were on ESPN, which hasn't happened in like at least since 2005, to right. the best of my recollection. Huge game with the Pelicans, chasing an eight seed, and to watch what transpired in real time with the NBA, from reading earlier in the day about this wonderful article by Sam Amick, who writes for the, for the, uh, for the Athletic, about, hey, if there's ever a patient zero, 
we're all going to see everything unravel. And sure enough, that night, Rudy Gobert, before our eyes, with Utah, became patient zero. Were you privy to watching any of that stuff? Did you I, I, watch it unfold? I was watching all of it. Okay. I, I was watching all of that, and, and uh, at the same time, uh, Hoiberg from Nebraska was right. was really uh, looked really sick on the bench, ended up being the flu. But you're watching this, thinking, you know, what has happened there? You know, because so that was going on as well. But the trainer came out on the court and stopped the one game, and then the Pelican game, uh, or the late game, was it the Pelicans that chose not to come out? Yeah, the and Pelicans play? decided that they weren't going to play in Sacramento because one of the officials had had contact or refereed a Rudy Gobert game. Right. Right, and so yeah, I was watching that, and it was just unbelievable that all of these things were just falling apart as you watched them. And and technology allows us to watch all that stuff. Was now. that an OJ level white van moment? Well, you know that, and again, that's another one of those things where you sit there and and you don't know what you're seeing, but you know it's something that you're going to remember for a long time. I, I remember the night that they announced that that OJ's uh, ex wife had had been killed. And I'm sitting by Charlie Griffith in in the WGEM newsroom. We're about, well, that usual six feet away, okay? Yes. Uh, and uh, I looked over to Charlie, and I go, O.J. did it. And he goes, what? And I said, O.J. did it. He goes, how do you know that? And I said, I'm just telling you, O.J. did it. And it was a couple of days after that, but the white van was after that. And I remember watching in a newsroom. You, back then, you could do this a little easier. There's the white van, and here's the Houston Rockets plant. You know, they were playing, I, I think, a playoff game, if I remember right. Correct. It was happening at the exact same time, and I'm watching both of them. And and it was that was so odd. And then they split-screened it. It was so important that we're following this white van. But the whole country just all of a sudden was watching something totally different. And it wasn't of national importance by any means, but it was interesting. I think it's interesting that sports has had such a – a tangent to real life, even dating back to the fact that Howard Cosell broke the assassination of John Lennon live on Monday Night Football. I mean, that was kind of the sense that I got. I got back and I sat there that night expecting to watch my Kings, and instead I was working through my mind of all the most incredible sports, real-world moments I could think of. And those were the two biggest ones, O.J. for certain, and and obviously Howard Cosell. And I was younger then, but I remember my parents being deeply affected. Yes, you you had to be pretty young. Yeah, I was was pretty young back at that point, but it was like, man, sports sometimes takes us in really weird directions with society. It does, but it also enhances the recovery. It does. You know, when when 911 rolled around and George Bush uh, took the mound and threw it the opening pitch, with you know they didn't know how safe he was to do that uh but that moment where baseball came back uh people needed sports to come back so that we can get back to some sort of a normal life and and when your teams here locally start playing again it's going to be a celebration of uh, everyone around remembering why we enjoy this stuff you know why why we enjoy the gyms filled with fans and the and the, the comebacks and the the buzzer beaters and and football season, and you know we're gonna we're gonna celebrate it more because we've had an idea of what it's like not to have it. And I remember that very poignantly being here that first Friday night after nine eleven, going to Men in Unity and American flags all around the football field, and what a what a wonderfully resonant and might be the most memorable national anthem I think I ever remember in all these years of listening to who knows how many national anthems in my life. So you're exactly right on that front, Steve. I think sports will help the healing as it has so many other times. The last one, real quick, the last uh, after the flood, the first Friday night, that was the night that I did the helicopter thing. and okay. went, to, went to Hannibal. Cause you left, I left from Villa Catherine and went up to Hannibal, and then I went over to Monroe City, 
And then I went to Highland, covered three games by helicopter that night. Can I borrow your helicopter? Oh, it was good. I tell you, that, that, was, that was a memorable night. That I could only one. imagine. Yeah. We're going to talk about some of the great memories Steve has from all of his years of coverage, WGM, KHQA, KTVO even, all over the course of his career. Public television. Public television. He's been everywhere. College campus. After this commercial break. <laughs> This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. And welcome back, everybody. We're continuing with Steve Luton, and we wanted to talk a little bit of sports history and obviously draw from his vast knowledge of all the experiences he's had. First of all, Steve, I don't think I've asked you this, but... You know, what was your favorite ever sports experience with a camera on your shoulder being somewhere as part of that moment? Okay, let me, it's tied for first. Okay. okay. There's two. Obviously, the Warsaw Wildcats, the Bill right. Heisler shot, them Which winning the title. About, yes. Uh, you know, when, when you, for the first time, get to see a very small school in your area with great kids win a state championship and then do it the way they did it, that, that was the best memory. Uh, the other one, which is a totally different memory, was being on the six-yard line when the Rams tackle the Titans at the one-yard line. You know, so the, they're two totally different things, but they were both um, unbelievably exciting to be be there and to film it. Best female athlete you've seen any sport in person that you covered? Oh man, um, I'll name a couple of names that should be tied for first. Uh, Ruth Kipping, absolutely, was tremendous. Uh, I mean, when she first came up and, and started, you know, both running on on track and, and also in basketball, it's like, well, I haven't seen this before. Right. Um, Dwella Holiday over at Monroe City was spectacular. Who I I still think, for my money, is the best girls basketball player I think I've covered. Yeah. Well, you know, a little bit later, Jessica Stuckman was unbelievable. She was. You know, and, but in but, two different sports, volleyball, unbelievable well, as well. Uh, well, volleyball, basketball, soccer. Yeah. Well, and soccer. Yeah. Yeah. So she was incredible, and and Q and D's had a number of those girls, but I got to cover Karen Kemner playing for the United States against Bogota uh, in Atlanta uh, prior to the Olympics. So watching her play. Was was a thrill. Well, oh, I, no, 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 no. My, my number one answer. Yes. Amy Luton, softball player. Oh, that, and University. now you are safe yeah. for the rest of the day. <laughs> well played, sir. I was just going to say, I think it's awfully neat and, and sort of endemic, weirdly. We're not a volleyball area, per se. You get to go up watch Karen Kemner. I may get to watch Michaela Fecky do yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And, man, that says an awful lot. All right. How about the most athletic guys athlete, men's athlete, high school boys athlete you've covered? Oh, well, the very first basketball game I covered in Illinois, I started over at Kirksville at KTVO, okay. and I heard about this team at Quincy High. Uh, so, so I got to cover one game of Bruce Douglas, Michael Payne, Dennis Douglas, and that Blue Devil team. One I game. I didn't realize you had that opportunity yeah. to cover them. Yes, but one time, and yeah, I'm, I, I'm I think counting. It, I think that probably clears that answer up yeah. as well. You know, Longo last night asked about best teams, best athletes, and all that, and I thought, well, once once you get to cover – Michael, Bruce, and Dennis, that's a lot of the team. That's, yeah, you know. that's, it's a different level beyond that. How about, you know, taking the Quincy High 1981 national champions off the board, maybe the best football team you've seen? Well, oh, boy, that, that, you know, that, that starts that debate. Right. Uh, because you've got the run of Carthage and you've got the run of Monroe City. And, and uh, Carthage did it more often. You know, they, they were there so many years uh, in the title game, winning the title. Uh, so so that's way up there. Uh, 
but but Monroe City had two state titles, I think, that I got to cover, I, I believe. And I know the first one I, I got to cover. Right. Uh, I did that by airplane, too. Um, but um, so, so it'd be hard not to say those. But Hannibal had a great run uh, for a long time, and, and they had so many great running backs that came through. I did not get to cover Brad Griffey. Okay. I saw him. Uh, I was in college at Kirksville when he was playing, and they came up there, and, and I went out to see him. I didn't get to cover him, and I would have liked to have covered him because he was – you know, he was Michael Washington. He's in that category. My, and Michael Washington of Monroe City was pretty spectacular, too. You know how you feel old, Steve Luton? You go and you go to the state wrestling meet this year and you watch Wentrick Williams' son wrestle. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I, I kind of had that moment as well. Um, you talked about the best football and the best basketball team. Was Caitlin Bostert maybe the most dominant single athlete that you were privy to cover? Because this is a girl that won every single cross-country meet she ever ran in, except the one time she ran off the course Yeah, and finished second. Well, I mean, her, her career and her record stands, you know, no one's done that. I mean, when you, when you talk about, well, who's the best this, who's the best that, when you look at her, her stats, you say, well, no one else in my area ever did that. And so she has to she has to be there. Well, and she went to that little school in North Carolina, Duke, and I don't yeah. know whatever became. Yeah. I'm sure nothing ever became of her after no, that. No, no. From your standpoint, was there a moment locally that really was the biggest gut punch? Something that happened at the high school level, college yeah. level here? Okay, what was yeah. the gut punch? It was Quincy High School, uh, Jerry Leggett's last season, and they are over in the state final four, and they're playing. Um, Kleinschmidt, I believe it was, uh, and they were beating, well, they were winning the game. They had the game under control, and they were going to play Chicago King for the state championship, a rematch of the the uh, Thanksgiving tournament here, where Quincy lost by a shot and missed a shot at the buzzer. Okay, and it was undefeated King, ranked number one in the country, and Quincy was going to go up against them. It was after the the the, the Bailey, the James Bailey shot, I believe, and uh, Todd Wimhainer. Pulls, I think it was his hamstring that he, that he pulled, and he it was third quarter action. I think they're up eleven, something like that. And when he went down, he was the cog of that entire team, and they just couldn't hang on. Uh, but that was going to be the classic matchup of Jerry Leggett and his team on his last game against King. And I think the whole IHSA was was cheated out of something that was going to be spectacular. For me, it's still seeing Joe Fessler break his leg at Liberty and, and, and seeing the inertia of that because I think that Liberty team was bound for a state championship and it was both heart-wrenching and, you know, one of the more – it was almost a Joe Theismann-level moment being there to see that yeah. and have that happen. And as fate would have it all these years later, Joe's related to my wife. So it's, you know, oh, something right? I still have never – See, I was, I was not at that game, yeah, so yeah. that's why I don't remember it like you did. Yeah, and, and that was a pretty vivid and awful moment, obviously, in Tri-State Sports. Settle this for me because we have this – it seems like we have this in the minute that we have left, this debate all the time. Favorite high school basketball gym? Not, not the atmosphere, just the gym itself and oh, the setting. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, you know the old the the old Liberty Gym was fun. It was, and it was very similar. And you couldn't breathe. And Clark County's gym was was about the same thing. You know, you had about six inches around the court, uh, and those were unique in in that way. So th- those were a lot of fun to to get there. And when those places are full, oh my gosh, you know it, it's so great to go into those gyms. Where's the bowl rank for you? Well, it's it's up there. You know, but but to me, Hamilton, the Bowl, and Lewistown. Uh, 
Illinois, all are similar. And so they're all unique and, and, and really pretty good. But I, I got to cover a great Quincy High game at the Bowl where, where Jerry Leggett wasn't happy with his team <laughs> and didn't start any of his starters, and they win it at the buzzer. That was pretty good. Steve Luton, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks, Thanks for all you do. Going into the Hall of Fame coming up in a couple of well, weeks, we hope. I, well, I'm guessing they're going to cancel that event. But Well, you're still a Hall of Famer yeah. in my book. And, again, that wraps up another season of The Morning Ticket. Thank you all for your great support, and we'll see you right back here next year. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.